Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. You really, really, really want to keep the house. You're ready to divorce and separate, but the last thing you want to let go of is the family home where you live and where your kids have grown up. This episode is for those people who want to really keep the house. Today, we're going to explore what your options are and what you can do about it. Thank you, Mum, for coming along and sharing all your wisdom with us today. Uh, Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to really touch on how to keep the house uh, Mm. and and to explore options in regards to that, because I think it's one of the main things people think about before they've even split is they're living under one roof and they're like, well, I actually don't want to leave. I want to stay. Maybe they're the you know, look after the kids most of the time, or maybe it was like a house they bought before they got together. And they're like, I don't, I don't want to leave. Where they bring their babies home to. That's a big one. If you brought your baby home there. Or the height chart might still be etched on the wall. So there's a lot (gasps) of reasons why you might want to keep the house. Sure. There are a heap of people who are like, I'm out of here. I don't want to see this place ever again. Uh, But there are a lot of people that want to keep the house. And and I get that because uh, having a home is security, especially in this time when rental market is crazy, the housing Mm. market is crazy. And you just want to know that you're going to be okay. And um, I did speak to a member the other day who was saying basically she she knows that her kids' lives are being turned upside down, so she wants to keep the house so at least that's one thing that isn't going to change. So yes. this is the angle that people are coming from, I think, yeah. who are listening to this podcast today, Mum. So let's let's start from the basics. Okay. It all comes down to property settlement, doesn't it? It does. It does. We're, we're looking at what people get after they divide everything up mm. and uh, and and can you afford to have the house as part of your share when it's divided up and so realistically the best way for people to figure that out i guess is to mm. look at what their property uh, you've got to look at assets yep you've got to so you've got to do a, like a little maths calculation of your property assets work out what you've got um, get a rough idea what the house is worth um, and know what the mortgage is. So you're really de- dealing with the difference between the mortgage and the value of the house. So if you've got a house worth 300000 but there's a $290,000 mortgage on it, if you can take over the $290,000 mortgage, um, then you're only getting $10,000 worth of equity. So, so you add everything together, and that includes superannuation, the house, the cars, cash in the bank, whatever you've got, okay, the caravan, add all of that up, Work out your percentages and we'll show you how to do that in our course. Some of the property episodes will help you. I'll put them in the show notes. But, yeah, oh, so you good. work out work yeah. out what you've got and what you, you could possibly end up with yes. and then, and then I, figure out what. Yeah, well, then you go to the bank and see, A, could you borrow that money to repay the mortgage or get it into your sole name? So the way that we talk, call it getting the mortgage into your own name, but what you're really doing is you're borrowing enough from that bank or a different bank to pay out that mortgage so that your ex is off the off the um, mortgage and off the title deed, and you may have to borrow a little bit more if you've got to pay out something to your ex. So say in my example before, if the only asset you've got is that house worth $300,000, there's $290,000 debt, you can borrow the two hundred and ninety. dollars But if that was the only asset, 
your husband or your ex would be entitled to half of, say, say they're entitled to half of the equity, well, then you'd have to borrow that extra 5000 so that half of 10000 is 5000 and so your mortgage would be 295 going forward. Okay, so let's just untangle that because Sorry. well <laughs> and, and I know you do this all the time mum so I'm getting I understand that so basically there's the figure out what you're entitled to look at how much equity is in your house mm-hmm. and then look at how much you've got to pay or you've got to share the money with the other person and then figure out if you can afford and then go to a bank find out if you can get a mortgage because you're not taking your name off the mortgage, you're getting a completely new mortgage. That's right. You're paying out the old mortgage, and then you've also got to give some money to sometimes. Your yeah, sometimes you've got to give some money. So, yeah. um, I have had this question a lot, actually, Mum, from people. Yeah. Can can I keep the house and they keep the super? Yeah, people sometimes do that. It depends on personal personalities. So mm-hmm. sometimes. You might be able to, like in our little example, uh, he might want to keep the really cool car that that you've just bought, and it's worth ten thousand net. And that, so you can take the house ten thousand dollars as part of your property settlement. And in fact, that most often happens. So every now and then, there are um, there's not enough other assets to divide it up so you get the house. Sometimes you've got to borrow a bit extra to give them a cash adjustment. But but a lot of the times we just we say okay you're entitled to this he's entitled to that if you take the house you've got this much so you can still get or if you take the house you owe him this you know right so we do a how often some. how often does that happen how often do, do does the person that come to you says I really 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 want to keep the house do, is it mm. is it actually um, really. financially viable for a lot of people because it yeah. would seem like a really hard thing to do it on is. your own. It is. Uh, um, It's nearly everybody wants to try to keep the house unless it's so full of bad memories that they can't. Um, And and stability for the kids, like you mentioned, Laura, is a really big thing for people. Uh, But, yes, you've got to be realistic. Uh, Some people just can't afford it. They just wouldn't have enough income, particularly if you've been staying at home and you've got to retrain and get your skills up. Uh, So I'd say most I'd say nearly everyone wants to keep the house and more than half manage to do that. Um, Sometimes they get help from family members. Um, Sometimes they might even have someone go on the mortgage with them or uh, sometimes one lady years ago, her mother uh, came onto the house property with her. So she and her mum held it half-half. So her mum essentially bought out the partner's share. So there's things you can do. What if both of them want to keep the house, so ah. your ex and you want to both keep the house? What happens then? Well, unless someone blinks, the court mm. will make a decision and okay. it may even um, order it to be sold. So in that instance, if both people are fighting for it, does the court usually just order it to be sold? That's sold? Uh, not usually. Uh, they've got, uh, remember, the court's got a... Um, a remit, I guess, they've got an injunction on them or a, a pressure on them to maintain the assets of the parties. And if you sell a property, you're going to be up for agents' fees and mm. advertising and so forth. And, um, and then you've got to buy a new property with stamp duty and agents' fees or whatever. Um, so the court tries to keep the house in the family if they can. 
Okay. Um, but if you really, really, really can't agree, sometimes a judge will just say, well, let's sell it. And they most often say, let's sell it, where the parties are miles apart on their estimate of what the house is worth. You know. Right, and we are going to do an episode on valuations because we've mm-hmm. had a lot of questions about that. So that'll be okay. upcoming in the future. Um, what if, uh, and we've had this question as well, what if they both want to stay on the mortgage until, I don't know, five years from now? I've had someone ask about if they want to stay on the mortgage um, just because it's easier until the kids have grown up. And then once the kids have left the house, then they'll sell it and get off the mortgage. Uh, another one was like, well, my ex has offered to stay on the mortgage so I can live in the house and will let me stay there until the children are older. What do you say to those? I suppose there's two different questions. It there, is. But, it is. Yeah. But it's the same sort of thing, which is mm. it's it's out of the ordinary because the court's obligation is to finalise the relationship between you both. And you would have to be an extraordinarily... Uh, well communicating company, a, country, a couple, sorry, company, well, well communicating <laughs> couple to to put your security in the hands of your ex partner, um, and particularly if you might go forward and and have a new partner and a mm. new baby, those things often fall apart. So I strongly discourage people from that. Kind of a lot of it is because neither of them can face actually breaking up the home. Uh, but you have to face it sooner or later. And one proposal I saw very recently was that uh, one person would stay on the mortgage and then they'd sell it in five years' time and the person um, who um, who was staying in the house would just get an amount that had been calculated now and the other person gets all of the profit, any additional profit over that. So, you know, if house prices went up $30,000, that person who stayed on the mortgage gets an additional thirty thousand. So, is that a good idea? That sounds no, like a bad not idea. Usually, it's so a lot of people. When you know what we're talking about, Laura, trying to stay in the house is an emotional decision, emotional feeling. Plus, it's a hard financial reality, and lots of the ways, things that you were talking about then, are people trying to uh, um, satisfy their emotional longing. Have you found in your time of, you know, I guess you've had clients for a couple of years and you've followed them along a journey, do you find that over time they change their, they they come to the realisation and they change their attitude towards wanting to keep the house? Yes, yes, sometimes they do. Now, you don't normally get a few years these days. It could be a much quicker resolution um, than that. But I help them a little bit uh, with that. Um I think I help them a little bit because I don't know about you, Laura, but I've never been to a display home without thinking, oh, I could live here. This is lovely. And you don't take into account that they've got um, small beds so the bedrooms look bigger and, and there's no sign of life anywhere, just these very arty things all through. But but you do, it takes you out of your comfort zone. So I, I often send my ladies, usually ladies, off to have a look at apartments and houses um, on the weekend just to get their in their heads what the alternatives are. And then um, actually I think that it's probably eight or nine times out of ten they go, oh, you know what, I don't want to be stuck with the house. Like, it, And then they'll start saying things like the laundry was never any good anyway and I'm not sure, you know, if we've mm. got approval for that veranda. <laughs> mm. And they start to move. 
if if you're coming to decide on on a property settlement and you're going to be moving on to your future, and obviously this is just me thinking, and this none of this that we're giving you is legal advice. Always get your own independent. It's very legal general, advice. anyway. Yeah. But if you're going to want to have the house, and then they get everything else, that's mm. all your money in one asset and mm-hmm. all your money in that house. And if anything goes wrong or, you know, you're completely tied up with that, especially with um, the rate rises at the moment that just keeps oh. they keep coming. Um, so, you know, there is all that I think a lot of people um, need to sit down and really have a think and not about the legal stuff but about their lives moving forwards. And, and you know, when we get these questions about can they stay on the mortgage or we get the questions about how can I stay in the house because it's all I want, sit down and really think about it. What Because when you actually look back, did you think you would be doing now what you would have been doing five years ago? Because most of us, mm-hmm. uh, and anyone who's listening today, I doubt they were thinking about getting divorced uh, oh, five years yes. ago, or might have been running in your head a little yes. bit, but not like you wouldn't have seen yourself in this position five years ago. You don't know what you're going to be doing in five years. You, you may have a new partner and yeah. want to do something. You could be pregnant. I mean, you can have a couple of children in five years. <laughs> Mom, you're giving people nightmares. No. <laughs> Look, I think, yeah, but that's right. You you don't know. Like right no. now, your heart's probably broken. You're probably completely overwhelmed. And of course, the safest, best place for anyone going through crap is under a doona in their bedroom. I get yes. that. Or watching TV. Like, that's where you want to be. That's your safe cocoon place, right? I get that. And I think maybe it's a psychological thing where, oh, my gosh, my life is completely changing. I'm going to hang on to the house because that at least will be something that I know is familiar. And mm. sometimes you've got to just go with the flow and get yeah. out there. But, Laura, I think it's important along the lines of what you're saying, Laura, um, is that it's important to think it's not just the mortgage. You've got to pay the council rates, uh, the interest rates as well. Um, But I've seen people who, when they do their division, they can just have the house, just have the house and nothing else, right? And you think to yourself, what's going to happen if the washing machine breaks down? What's going to happen if you um, get a leak somewhere and it's not covered by insurance? Do you know, it's a hard way to live. And Mm. you might be wanting, you'll have to probably live on sausages and mints to pay that mortgage. So when perhaps another home, a smaller home, a smaller place can be just as sweet. And I used to tell my ladies, like, get a little cottage, paint it white, hang up some gingham curtains and embrace minimalism. Same with yeah. furniture, Laura. Yeah. Furniture, it's all just secondhand furniture. Now, this is a pretty bit of a dark part okay. of, of a reason why you might want to leave. Um, and there may be people out there, um, and I know of a lady, you know, she was going through domestic violence. Oh, yes. She wanted to stay in the house and she did. Um, and her ex-partner broke in to the house. Mm. But the police couldn't do anything about it because his fingerprints were all over the house because he'd lived there and there was no way to prove that that was him. Mm. I don't want to make anyone scared or anything like that, but that is also if you're in a a domestic violence situation or an ex that hasn't let go of you or Mm. has moved on with the idea that you are breaking up, Mm. keeping the house can keep like a little shining light of hope for them. Yep. 
Yeah, it, it's some people don't think it's over till the house is gone. Um, yeah. Some some people, men, sometimes get a very proprietary interest in the house. After all, they they bought it with you. They were on the deed. They were on the mortgage. So even though you've bought it on um, from the outside, if they're a bitter person, they're they're like they could be very um, angry deep down with you for doing that. Another thing that happens more often than we realise, I think, because I think kids don't always share their feelings. You know you could find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We're there waiting for you right now. If you want to get more out of The Divorce Course, all you have to do is go to The Divorce Course Podcast at Facebook or TikTok or The Divorce Course on Instagram. There we share bite-sized pieces of information and bite-sized inspiration and motivation to help you through this difficult time. Come and join our community and let us know you've joined. We'd love to see you there. Another thing that happens more often than we realize I think because I think kids don't always share their feelings but sometimes if if the other if the person who's had to leave the house um, gets in the kids ears and emotionally manipulates them the children will look at you and them in their house in their own beds in their everything as it was and oh look dad Dad can't live here anymore. We've chucked Dad out, and they'll feel mm. guilty, and it won't feel fair to them as well. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot to think about. Okay, now let's get back onto the legal track. Okay, some people might really, really, really want the house, and there's a lot. And we have done an episode on, you know, the whole selling a house. Mm. Um, can I just ask because heaps of people are writing it on TikTok? <laughs> what is <laughs> a caveat on a house, and what does that mean? Okay. So um, a caveat varies from state to state and country to country, um, mm-hmm. but it me it's a Latin word meaning beware, beware. Are um, you serious? Yeah, <laughs> yep. And so, uh, what it what the a caveat is is something that you can get the uh, government to put on the title deed or on their records to show that if that was going to get sold. They can't sell it because there's a caveat on it, which means you you can't. You can't sell it. Buy, beware of this. This property's got a problem and you can't do any conveyancing on it until the person who lodged the caveat either has their demand satisfied, usually through court, or they they withdraw the caveat. Can I say, since we're talking legal, uh, you never put a caveat on a property well, I can't think of any occasion you'd need to put a caveat on a property that you own, okay? You don't need one if you're on the mortgage usually, general advice only people. Um, So it's usually on a property that you're not on the title deed, you're not a registered owner of, um, and you have to be very careful about that. Um, So if you desperately wanted the house and you went and got your own independent legal advice because this isn't legal Mm. advice, and your name wasn't on the mortgage because your ex always put it, everything in his name or her name. Mm. Is that when someone would use a caveat? Sometimes, yeah. Sure because they really want the house and they're yeah. like, please don't sell it. Yeah, yeah so, so not, that happened. Yeah, not just your name. If your name's not on the mortgage and not on the, the you know, the document that the thing. government keeps, the records the government keeps, then yeah. that's sometimes when people put a caveat. But definitely go and get independent legal advice because it's hardly ever necessary um, and hardly ever a good idea. And when it is necessary and is a good idea, it's usually urgent and desperate. So Mm. don't even try doing this bit by yourself. Just go and see a lawyer. 
and get okay. get some advice. So if you hear the word, the Latin word for beware, caveat, yes. go and see a lawyer as yep. soon as possible. Yes. Okay. Yep. What is it that, uh, how long does it take for someone who wants to really, really keep the house, but their ex is living in it and they're still living in it and they have this feeling that if if one person leaves, then that's the person that gets to keep the house. Like how do you help mm. your your clients yep. get their head around that part of it? Because I know some people might not listen to our other ones. They might just stumble across this episode. Okay. So, so there's a myth in Australian law, and I don't know if it's a myth in other countries, uh, but there's a myth in Australian law that if you're the person who leaves the house, you lose your rights to the house. But that's poppycock. The only consequence of leaving the house um, is maybe that your ex-partner might be a slob and let the place run down a little bit, and if you ultimately have to sell it, it's not going to get as good a price, you know, or they might... Uh, point out defects to the buyers. <laughs> oh, look mm. at that crack in the wall. Um, oh, or they may be uh, 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 so nasty that real estate agents don't want to deal with them, you know, or that mm. any number of things because they've got control of the selling process. But if you've got to leave for your sanity or for safety, you go, you go, and we'll, and you can sort that out with them later, you know. And there may be, it depends, if they're awful about looking after the place, well, they'll lose some money as well in that when it's sold, you know. And if mm. they reduce, if they ruin the place and the value comes in lower as a result and you want to buy the house, well, you sort of have a little win there because you can buy it cheaper and then fix it up later. Sometimes they do it because they want to buy the house uh, and then you get into that tricky situation of who should have the house. Can you change the locks? If they've left and it's you that's stayed? Just between you and me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Obviously, so yes, you can change yes, the you lock. Can. But it's okay. very expensive. That's the biggest trouble my clients have. Oh, but it's so expensive. We've got locks everywhere. And so I say, well, um, if you've separated and they've moved out, and you're going to have sole occupancy of the house, you're kind of like a tenant. And if you'd rented it out to strangers, you can't keep going back into the house and going, I was just checking on something or, you know, I want to see what model stove we had. Um, if you can't afford to change all the locks, um, get some get some plain old bolts, bolt locks for inside where you can or stick wood in the tracks of the sliders or whatever and just change the lock on one door. And that's the key you will use to get into your house. And don't forget the garage, the opening of the garages, um, because there's usually only a few frequencies on those remote control garages. Um, really? So, yes. Yeah. So change the frequency of the one that you've got so that the old remote doesn't work. Get an I expert didn't even out. Know that was a thing. The frequency <laughs> was a thing. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, you can get someone to come in and do that for you, can't you? Yeah. You Especially if there's that. DV, they'll come in and help you with all of that. Okay, so if if you so so you you really really want to keep the house, mm. they've left the house. You've changed the locks, and you know it's okay. Um, but mum's I don't know why you said keep that secret, but you can. There's nothing wrong with that, right? No, okay. And then you can create it's a relationship done at the right time, not not while they've gone to work in the morning and then they come home can't get back in the house, right? So, it yeah, has okay. to be once you are living there, yes. Right. And then explain, like, and then what, you have a relationship with them like they're a landlord? Like Maybe, but you're also on the deed. 
So, but if you've got, so you've got at least the relationship of a tenant, and then coming into your space, at least in Queensland, is an invasion of your privacy, and that that breaches the um, legislation in this state. Um, It's it's some levels coming back to the house once they've been clearly told to stay away is domestic violence. Yeah. Um, and it's all designed usually to intimidate and harass. Um, they seldom take anything very worthwhile, just a crappy mm. bottle of wine or something that they thought they left behind, but nothing like remote control. I, I had someone break in once to get their remote control. Um, but, yeah, there's no really good reason for them to need to come to the house. If they want anything out of the house, ask them for a list. You'll leave it out the front and they can pick it up. What if you go away to work and you come back and you've been locked out and you really want to keep the house and you want to keep living in the house? What do you do? Mm, Well, you'll have to call the police because where do you sleep that night? You know, so you can't, that won't work. I mean, you can't just do that. If if that other person wants out and you don't reach an agreement, then that other person has to leave usually. Or if you go to court, I've been in cases where we go to court, both people are still living in the house many mm. times. And there's a thing called sole occupancy. And what the family court says is that if the parties, it's, sorry, it's unreasonable to accept, expect two people who are separated to stay living under one roof. And so they will make an order for one or other to leave and one or other to stay. So there's, that's a real roll of the dice there. Um, in the old days, they used to say, well, unless one of you's done something wrong, you can both stay there. And um, but, but Davis, I think, is the case, realised that that really isn't good and it's not good for the kids. So yeah. we so have a mentioned- lot of people under one roof, Laura, at the moment. Yes, Don't I you know. notice with the yeah. rental crisis and things? Yeah. You mentioned a while back um, when you were saying about DB. Um, so just for anyone who's listening who has um, domestic violence issues going on, please ring 1-800-RESPECT if, mm. if you're struggling. That's the best place you can get some immediate help. But, Mum, you're saying they need to be clear and put it in writing to say, please stop coming. Like, is that to help yes, them? Yes, I think so. To help from the police? Yeah, to help them and to help you. you. Um, and then don't kind of break the rules by letting them come back in all the time. Um, mm. You know, you'll find sometimes the children might let them in, um, but you know, there's you've separated for a reason. And if you're going to have a property settlement, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. If there's an argument about the children, you won't always see eye to eye. So you, so you want to make a clear boundary, um, and then don't invite them back in. Keep that as your space. Okay. How long does it take? So say our listeners decided they want to keep the house, they've mm. looked at their future and they think, you know, yep, I still want to be living here in five years. Yes, I can keep affording to live here if the rent, uh, if the rates go up and if the roof yep. breaks in, I can fix it. How long does it take from, say, maybe they're still living under one roof together, mm. from making that decision to ending up? being the salt, like having their name on the, the ah. final mortgage. How long's the timeline? Gee whiz, Rose, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> of course it depends on the parties and how um, and how effective any mediation is. But if you mm. get stuck into it pretty quickly and set up your pre-action procedures and, and ha- organise a mediation, it may be that you can organise finance and have consent orders within maybe six to eight months also, okay. if it's litigation, uh, the courts are really trying to have all of their hearings within 12 months. 
Uh, so you might it might be a year to 14 months. Okay. So if you've right. had to leave the house, get somewhere very modest that you can easily afford um, that's safe for you um, and, and say, okay, well, I'm, I can stay here for a year. I can stay here for six months and see what happens then. Well, yeah, and I I got a smaller place. I left most of the stuff in storage in a storage unit. Yeah, you did, and lived in a temporary space. But it was lovely. But I didn't unpack because I knew it wasn't my forever home. Yeah, and I think that was really helpful. So a lot of people, if you are thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, if even if you want to stay in the house or, or keep the house, but you have to move out, or if you've decided no, I'm going to leave and I'm going to get a completely different house. You don't have to unpack everything because no. sometimes that makes you feel like you don't want to move at all. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I did. I packed it all up into boxes, yes. had the boxes that mattered that I know we needed on a day-to-day, and then once I finally got to my forever home, then I unpacked everything. Well, secretly, there's still about 12 boxes under the house. <laughs> but, really? But, <laughs> but I've most of it. And you know yeah. what? Funnily enough, you probably don't need half of it anyway. I know um, someone, Rose, uh, uh, yeah. you, you knew him. Um, he was an, he's an accountant, but they moved uh, something like 18 years before we were there for Christmas one year, uh, Christmas in July, and they'd moved 18 years before and they still had boxes under their stairs they hadn't opened. But guess what he did? I, I thought this was the bravest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he just put them on a truck and took them to the op shop without opening them. <gasps> wow. <laughs> 18 so, years though, there's probably like collectible stuff in there. It'd be like a time machine. I know. I would. I said I would have opened it. You should have left them. I'd have loved to see. But you know so, what? If it's too much, stick it on a truck and send yeah, it to the office. Yeah, and you know, like Laura, I think I told you to think of it like your summer palace. You know, yeah. it's like a holiday yeah. home. And I noticed when I went to your place, Laura, that everything that made home home for you was still there. You yes. took the yeah. little things that normally decorate the entry and you a couple yeah. of paintings, just enough, and it's kind of embracing minimalism for a little while and it's very good for your head. I it think you painted everything in your house. You're, you had everything pink yeah, pretty for much. a while. You do what you Still want. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, Mum, when it comes to really, 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 really wanting to keep the house, what you're basically saying is you're going to have to get rid of that mortgage and start a new one, and you got to make sure you've got enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look, if you've got the whole houses or there is no mortgage, you've got to make sure that you can pay half of it or whatever the percentage is to yes, your other to the other friends. side. So sometimes um, a good trip to do first thing is to go and talk to a couple of real estate agents, or just do your research in realestate.com. Don't flatter yourself about what you think your house is. Oh, our house is much better. You've just got to watch a couple of selling houses Australia to know that we're very blinded by of the value of our own property. We think Mm. it's more than it is. But get a rough idea what it's worth. Then go and talk to the bank and see what your prospects are because if you don't have any chance in any way, then you can start adjusting to that and Mm. um, thinking about what you might do next and where you might go. And um, people, people can really embrace downsizing um, and having their own place and it's finally a little haven for them. Um, so it's mm. not always a negative thing to lose the house, but it is a very human thing to want to keep your home. Totally. Mm. It might be a good idea as well as going to see um, a bank and a valuer, probably a psychologist, as we always yeah. say, that yep. can help 
reframe your think and you know come up with some plans what and and i do you know i've recommended this to a couple of my friends do it do a little choose your own adventure Mm. and draw two timelines you stay in the house this happens this happens this happens or you moved out you got a smaller house with but more cash and security you did this you did this so just Mm. having a look at your future but if you do really want to keep the house you can also listen to the podcast episode on selling the house and when we talk you through that process legal process pretty in detail and of course you can do our course when it opens again uh, where we talk you through how to write the orders for that but Mum, I think when it comes to really, really wanting to keep the house, is there anything you need to watch out for if they're with a manipulative and controlling personality? Yes, I think so. If they know that your heart is set on keeping the house, they will uh, only ever accept a very high value for the house. That's one thing. And they can use it as a negotiating trick uh, to take like almost everything else because they know that your vulnerability is the house. So keep your cards close to your chest. Act like you don't want to keep it or just don't keep Um, broadcasting it. Yeah, what's that grey rock sort of? Poker face. Poker face. Keep your poker (laughs) face on. And, um, and, you know, the the other side of it is if they can afford to keep the house, the court will let them. And I do have people from time to time who can't bear the thought of another woman usually moving into their house Mm. and living with their ex-husband in their house um, and it really burrs them up. And I think um, in in a situation like that, you have to be prepared for that, plan for it again, see a psychologist if you need to so that you yeah. can properly move on. Um, and yeah. the kids, you know, are pretty resilient. Like a lot of people say about the kids staying in a house, but if you mm. get them involved in choosing the curtains or the wallpaper or the, you know, they're pretty fickle kids they'll they'll come and they'll be happy with that you know as long as they know they still go to school see their friends what's that yeah you can go to Kmart completely kit their room out for not much money at all go to Smiggles or whatever it is yeah yeah and if you've got teenagers they don't really care they're just paying attention like you said mum to school life boyfriends girlfriends and and their friends yes (laughs) that's right you're you're pretty irrelevant by the time they're 16 or 15. What if it's high conflict? Do they need anything to worry oh, about? Yeah, it's, it's hard to keep the house then and there might be a lot of resentment. Um, if you if you, um, if you you keep the house, just brace yourself for it. They'll probably in, in, enrol friends and their family in to have a go at you about it. Yeah. Okay. And you may have to fight. You may have to go to court to get it. What about avoidant? If you oh. really, really want to keep the house and your ex is avoidant, Every time we talk about the avoidant personality, Laura, in my mind is the image, in my uh, mind's image, I never saw this person, of someone who basically seemed to have just sat on the couch from separation onwards. Um, and he just, the grass grew long, uh, he ignored norm? everything. Is this norm? Norm life being in it? <laughs> <laughs> a bit like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't know whether these people, that they might be dep- depressed or whatever, but um, then they'll need to be, uh, you, you can't even really do most of it for them because if they're the person in the house, uh, then you really have to get quite tough with them um, to mm. get them out. But sometimes just showing them how they can move, you know, look, there's this little place down the road from you, come and have a look, I'll take you down and have a look, that sort of thing might help. So but avoidance is hard. But yeah. it'd be bad. So but what you're saying, it, it'd be much harder if you're the one who left the house mm, and leaves but you're the one who wants to keep it. Yeah. 
Now, so, another yeah. thing, Laura, if you get the house into your sole name, um, rather than leaving it drag on with your avoidant person sitting on the couch forever, or you just can't face the the debate and you've left your ex on the mortgage or whatever, think about if the property grows in value. Um, if you get it sorted now and it's in your name, if it goes up in value, you get that if, when you sell it, you know. Mm. it's mm. Un, I mean, general advice only, but it's very rare that properties go down in value, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and they I, can, I, of course. We're having a bit a of a drop of, at the moment. I think a lot of people forget that, that the property price keeps going up or, you know, it's very hard for anyone to get into the property market these days. Mm. So you don't want to um, cut yourself off from the continuing growing. So that is yeah, a good if point. It, if um, it keeps growing, yeah. All right. Now, I do have a wonderful oh. review. Oh, lovely. Cheer me up. <laughs> that I would like to read to you. We got so many and I'm, I am just love all of them. It makes us feel so much better that we're not it talking does. to space. <laughs> um, so this one, Mum, is called, uh, this is from New Life Here I Come by New Apple Life Podcast. Here I Come. New yeah. Life Here I Come. And the title was Empowering and Motivating. So this is a podcast review on Apple mm-hmm. and that lucky person uh, that I'm about to read out gets a free consult with mum. Uh, so you can email us at the divorce course podcast at gmail.com if you are new life here I come. And she or he has said before Lynn and Laura's podcast, I didn't know what to expect next and what I could do to prepare for what will be a very complex negotiation. I had legal advice, but I still felt so scared, stuck and overwhelmed. Listening to all of the divorce course podcasts has armed me with so much practical information and advice, which is in turn has empowered me to feel mentally ready to get this done. I found the format a great way to learn as I could listen to the podcast on my way to work or whilst getting the ironing and the cleaning done. I can't thank you both enough. I'm so incredibly grateful. Highly recommended. So thank, thank you, you, New Life. Here I come. There you go, Mum. Oh, People that's love lovely. It. That's <laughs> lovely. I feel, I feel like... If we could give you cleaning tips on the way as well. <laughs> a lot of people listen to us while they're doing scrubbing out the shower. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, if you can send us cleaning tips, that would be great. That would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you so much. If you would like to have a free chat with mum, all you need to do is write a review for Apple Podcasts and then we will choose one once uh, once a month. And one of one lucky writer in it will get to speak to mum. So thank you, mum, for all your wise words today. Is there any last little snippet of advice that you would give to anyone who really, 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 really wants to keep the house? I think just remember it's just a thing. It's it's not a home if it's not happy and you're not there. It's just uh, bricks and mortar, and it's just a, it's just stuff. Even though it's the house, it's stuff. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hang in there. Thanks, Mum. Okay. All the best. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.